This is Stu Epperson from the Truth Talk podcast, connecting current events, pop culture, and theology. And we're so grateful for you that you've chosen the Truth Podcast Network. It's about to start in just a few seconds. Enjoy it, and please share it around with all your friends. Thanks for listening, and thanks for choosing the Truth Podcast Network. This is the Truth Network. Coming to you from an entrenched barricade deep in the heart of Central North Carolina. Masculine Journey After Hours. A time to go deeper and be more transparent on the topic covered on this week's broadcast. So sit back and join us on this adventure. The Masculine Journey After Hours starts here now. Welcome to Masculine Journey After Hours. We're glad that you're with us today and we are continuing to talk about the enemy's greatest hits. But before I get into that, David, remind us about last week's show. What was that about? It was trusting in the Father. Okay, and so why would we be talking about those two back-to-back, you think? Uh, because, you know, the enemy likes to take that trust away that we have in the Father. He likes to try to break that trust that we have with the Father. Yeah, and the easiest way for him to do that is for us to listen to him. Yep. Right, and to follow his lies, mm-hmm. right, which becomes his greatest hits. So the, the whole concept of the greatest hits of the enemy isn't give him uh, accolades, but yeah. what are the things that he most often uses to attack us? And, and us meaning us individually, but also us collectively, because I think you're going to find that someone's story today, if you listen to the first show or you listen to this one, someone's story is going to speak truth into your story, because it may be a slightly different word the enemy uses with you, but the same meaning behind it. It's the same context. It's the same attack on your character. It's the same attack on your identity, right? Because that's what he's really after is divide you from the father that loves you well. Yep. Right? And so, David, you actually have the first clip yep. in this show. So if you want to tell us a little bit about it. So this clip's from uh, a movie called Happy Gilmore, which is a uh, Adam Sandler um, movie. It's when he is a golfer. Uh, well, originally he was a hockey player, and then he became a golfer trying to save his grandma's house. And, and we come into the movie – when he's starting to really be successful at golf and and really making some moves with it and comes in kind of, you know, threatening the champion um, golfer that he's playing against. Shooter that, McGavin. Yeah, sh- Shooter McGavin. Um, that, yeah. <laughs> and so uh, Shooter actually hired this guy that you'll hear talking here in just a minute to come in and heckle him and kind of distract him, essentially. And, and that's what the enemy does. And, and, you know, we'll talk more about it when we come back. But... Have a listen, and we'll go from there. Yeah, and we've had to edit a little bit of this. A little bit. Just a little bit, but here we go. Hey, Gilmore, you suck, you jack... (laughs) Why don't you shut up? Jack... Whoa! The club went further than the ball. You're going to need a blanket and suntan lotion. Because you're never going to get off that beach. Just the way you never got into the NHL. Jack. So I'm sure you can, you know, use your imagination to figure out what that word is. But, um, you know, what I tend to find out is, is when you get really... I don't want to say strong in your walk with, with the father and, and the direction he wants you to go, but you're getting into it more. The enemy starts to attack you more, um, attack your identity or whatever that may be, whether it's 
the verbiage that was used on this clip or the verbiage that was used on Sam's clip in the beginning or in the first show or, or whatever that case may be, how he attacks your identity. He's good at it. And, and when that doesn't work, you know, he goes a roundabout way so he can get in there and attack that. Um, for me, I mean, most recently, I mean, probably within the last, yeah, within the last 24 hours, um, you know, one of the things he was really attacking me on was that I wasn't good enough or that I was a failure and, you know, I didn't have what it takes to be with my daughter. So a little bit of a story on that. Um, if you if you followed my story at all throughout um, the past few years that I've been on the team and on the radio show, um, obviously I have a daughter that has um, some behavioral issues that we're still working through. Um, and we've tried, I've tried countless things. My wife's tried countless things. Um, the masculine journey team has tried countless things to be able to, to get her um, to a place, uh, you know, of, of some normalcy with her and, and whereas we've made some great strides and stuff like that the enemy always comes back and knocks her down a little bit and um most recently you know she got some trouble at school and got suspended and, and caught uh, a juvenile um, misdemeanor charge that um is is something a lot serious than, than she's had happen before and the enemy was attacking her um and was using that to attack me as he usually does but but one of the things he was really attacking me on was saying you just need to give up you need to quit. And I mean, honestly, knee jerk reaction. I texted my ex-wife and I was ready to sit on the bench and just say, you know what? I'm done. I quit. Can't do this. Like I've done everything I can. I can't, I can't do this anymore. It, it's a strain on my marriage. It's a strain on me. It's making me causing me to do things that I normally wouldn't do or, or would have done more in a past life. Like a lot of my wife about things so I could keep the peace in the house, which was, let me go ahead and tell you right now, anybody listening saying, Hey, I'm gonna try to keep the peace in my house and not tell my wife something or bend the truth, <laughs> definitely not keeping that piece in the house. No. It's going to blow up in your face. Maybe not be right away, but it will. Right. Um, and, and that's another thing that God does is he, he takes those lies and he shows them for what they are. But the enemy wants you to believe that so that way you start breaking down and start isolating yourself from God and, and he can start pulling you back because ultimately, like we said in the um, first show, what, what is the enemy here to do? He's here to steal, kill, and destroy, right? Um, I think the beginning of that scripture says, be a sober mind. Mm -hmm. um, we talked about <clears throat> anger and how um, how that wasn't necessarily what the part of the story was, but they used that because anger is not a sober mind either. We're not talking, I mean, it's, I don't think they don't, yes, drugs and alcohol are a big part of that too. They don't, you don't want to be drunk and you don't want to be high on drugs because, you know, your guard is going to be down. But anger is part of the sober mind too, emotions in general. When emotions run high, I think you're at your one of your most vulnerable spots where the enemy can just say, "Gotcha, let's go." So that 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 was where I went with that clip. Might have went a little bit different direction than I went. Uh, one thing I do want to say though is, whoever's listening, you're not alone. You're not by yourself on this. We've all been there. Um, we're all going through it still. Uh, you know, I'm not anywhere close to being super strong in my walk yet. I'm still a work in progress. We all are. Um, but you know, God is definitely the answer, and don't let the enemy win. Well, Paul himself said that, said, you know, I'm still pressing on. I'm not there yet. Yeah. And, and you know, this was later in his ministry. That, you know, it, we were in a battle, a struggle all our life hmm. until God finally, you know, calls us home. Yeah. yeah. You know, because uh, Satan is relentless. If you can give him one thing, he is relentless. He always come back and look for another opportune time or another angle he can play on you. Yeah, and where his tactics doesn't necessarily change, they've been the same for, I think you said, you know, since the beginning of time, basically with him, mm -hmm. um, he gets creative with it though. Yes. 
We'd have to ask Harold. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but he's not here. Harold, was that chiseled on the tablet then? Yeah. No. <laughs> Did Moses bring that down? <laughs> but yeah, he just, he gets very, uh, I mean, you know, he's very creative and very good with his imagination on how to get those lies across from you and really hit you where it counts. And, and, he, and you might not see it coming and you might see it coming. I know for me recently, I didn't see it coming. And, you know, um, my good friend, Sam, uh, you better record that because I don't say that often. No, I'm kidding. Um, he, he is one of my best friends. He spoke some, some echoed some words that, um, you know, I knew to be true, but wasn't hearing them at the time. So Sam, thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that was definitely God landing on your heart to call me. So I appreciate that. Yeah. And, and you're not going to share how you gave him back some words today, then, like you shared before the show. No. Well, we're on air, and <laughs> no. I, I can't, yeah. I can't <laughs> say those words. For yeah, we, we, I mean, we, we just cut right. We'd we, 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 so. officially be on the last show if we <laughs> yeah. talked about some of that. But you know, I think there are times, and I want to clarify something that you know we we talk about as we get closer to God. You know that the enemy ramps up his attack, and there's truth in that. But the opposite is not true. If you say, look, I'm not really going to enter into this relationship with God. I'm just not really going to push forward into this. You're still going to get attacked. Right? Because at the end of the day, whether you want to recognize it or not, God loves you and sees you as his child. Right? You may be his lost child. Right? Or the child that's not nearest to him yet. But you're still his child. And he can still hurt God's heart by attacking you and that's why he's going to do it. He doesn't care about you. He doesn't care about me. He doesn't care about Jim or Rodney or any of us in here. He doesn't care about any one of us. He cares about hurting God. And so whether you're close to, to Jesus or you're not doesn't change the, the fact of what's going to happen to you. Otherwise, how would you explain what keeps happening to you? Yeah. You have an enemy that keeps attacking you. And, and he wants you to, like I said earlier about being the quitter, he wants you to quit. He's not going to stop attacking you even when you do quit. He's just one that and able to keep on attacking you, and then you don't see it for what it is and able to fight back. Yeah. it's Basically, you're an easier target. Yeah, 100%. And you're the one out of the – and not the 99 that God is pursuing most. So he's yeah. going to – do his best to keep you down. You know, yeah. at my first boot camp, besides the fact that I was not going to stay, yeah. uh, one, one of the things that I took from that and, and you know, I'm a firm believer of it, and, and if nobody else is, it's, it's crazy to think that is. Um, Sam said at the very end of it, uh, when when he was doing his closing remark, doing the closing remarks and stuff, and, and we still say at the boot camps now, is when you leave there, you have a bullseye painted on your back, a target painted on your back, yeah. um, 100%. And any time that you're walking with God or doing anything, even if – like Sam just said, whether you're close or not with God, you have a target on your back. Yeah, he, he's, he's after you just because you were made in God's image, mm-hmm. right? Whether you want to recognize her, that or not doesn't change the fact you're made in his image. Yeah. Right? Um, wow. Yeah, it, it, it's, it's clear that that's what happens. So, Rodney, do you want to share a little bit about uh, – a little bit about you know we, we couldn't really use your clip this week for various reasons little technical difficulties on it <laughs> the technical difficulty is that it's really a let's just say we're using the word raunchy clip dark it's and raunchy the, clip yeah yeah it's from the breakfast club and i knew where i kind of wanted to go when you came up with the topic and i'm like i've struggled mightily to try to figure out, out a clip and at the very last moment i was clipping something for jim i'm like oh i can go to wing clips I went out there, looked at all the stuff under the topic, and this was the only clip that I knew anything about the movie. I'm like, oh, I know that. I listened to it, and I'm like, yeah, that's exactly the clip that 
would really jump out and speak into this. And I'm like, boy, I don't know if we could use that. But I'm like, well, I'm going to cut it up anyway and then find out when we get here. It is the Breakfast Club, and they are in their library sitting down on the floor having a discussion. They've kind of gotten over the awkward, I don't know any of these people, now they all know each other, and they're starting to speak a little more freely. And Molly Ringwald kind of comes in and says, hey, what would you do for a million dollars? And that kind of kicks off the conversation. The conversation goes into sexual connotation, which, you know, where else is teenagers going to go, right? Well, it wasn't connotation. It was direct. Well, I know, (laughs) which is why we're not playing it. Yeah, yeah. It was connotation. We could have played it. It's really, like you said, dark and stuff. So it's, it's one of those things where if you watch that, but that's what really jumped out because the people in there have all their little different characters that they're playing, but that is pretty good makeup of what you're going to find in most schools most work relationships you're going to find it in the church even Mm -hmm. that everybody's got different takes on some of the stuff but it's it was a sexual context and you had was ali sheedy yeah was the one that said that wow you know she's like miss sex right oh i do this i'll do anything and all this stuff because she's trying to get something out of molly ringwald Mm -hmm. she and she gets her in a trap through it's like, well, if you say one thing, you're a shrewd, right? A prude, I guess, or whatever mm-hmm. that. And then the other side, you're bad sexually. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, you're one of the two now because if you say yes or you say no to the question, it, it kind of traps her. And everybody's sitting there talking about what they did and don't do. And basically, she's lying the whole time, Ali Sheedy. She's like, well, no, I'm just a compulsive liar as you find out about her later on it's like but that's the devil mm-hmm. he's coming after you he's working that really really hard i just need to get some exposure i'm going to try to find something about you and he has used that in my life as ways when i was younger that you know whether it's something sexual where i just well everybody else is doing it why don't you do it mm-hmm. well it's okay. You can lust. You can do all these things. And next thing you know, you're just, oh, yeah, that's just normal. And it's it's a place that's hard to get out of. It's a very strong pull. And even though after coming to Christ, I have way more control, I don't have total control. It's still there. You know, there's there's things in that realm that you're watching a movie and all of a sudden there's a scene you're just like oh man really you you know part of you saying oh yeah watch that part of you saying oh no turn away and that's kind of what was going on in that breakfast club scene one says turn in one says turn away Mm -hmm. and it's just hard to get through that and really for me that i have found there's an underlying tenant to all my sin that I think there's a lot there is the fear of man. It's, well, what's what's he going to think? What's she going to think? And I put a lot of value in getting that pat on the back, that attaboy, or somebody thinking that I'm better than I am. And I've had to really break down those barriers and walk through that and say, this is who I am. And one of the biggest breakthroughs was going to that first boot camp mm-hmm. and listening to the men talk about their 
moral failings and but who they are yet the truth of the gospel and it's just like okay i i see how you did it can i really do that it took a while but i'm able to be much more open and honest about those things in my life and some of the that you know there's lots of places you can go in the bible for on this subject because it's sexual sins are talked about all the time but just specifically the lust you know talking about adultery in matthew 5 28 where adultery we always say oh yeah it's cheating on your spouse well it's fornication it's masturbation it's lusting just even having the thought it's because it's the heart issue and that's what jesus is going after and then in james 1 15 when lust is conceived it gives birth to sin and when sin is fully matured, it brings forth death. So that's what is happening, is you're constantly moving to death because you're going to be separated from God and you're going to be in the lake of fire, and that's just going to be it. It's over, and there's nothing you can do at that point. It's get control of the little things. Now, we talked about nip it in the bud in the first show. It's like the sooner you have a small thing and you get that under control, the better off, rather than let it become a big problem. And then I love 1 John 2.16, for all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes. Because that also takes me back to, you know, I should, be, I should have no eyes. <laughs> I should. Because if I was to take the passage seriously, poke out your eyes, cut off your hands and stuff, I was like, I, I wouldn't have much left. Because there's so many things that can pull you into the sexual sin, that boastful pride of life, and then it is not from the Father. But you, from the world, you could become a clogger. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I don't know if I'd have any stubs left anywhere because everything could be cut off. But I could try. Yeah. Okay. There, there's a southern expression for what you're doing now, Rodney. What's a southern expression? You, you're going from preaching to meddling, bud. Well, I'm meddling with me, so I'm okay. Yeah, I know my. I, I need to meddle with my me, and it's been. That's what's been great about the walking in the masculine journey is meddling meddling with me and just just i've got to put it to death i and i and I, I haven't but i know where i've got to strive for well i said we all have that struggle it sends after everybody you know it, it's it was back there like the, the first mention i've seen it really caught my attention with, with Cain. you know it's they, standing at your door it desires you but you i'll give you the tools you can master this if you do what's right you, you know what's your continence spell what why you know, and you get like you say, getting to the heart of it. But if we don't realize that we're 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 like Paul, we st- we're in that battle. We're not there yet. God's still calling us to press on. I mean, that's what Jesus said. If you're truly my disciple, you take up your cross daily, put these feelings in check, mm-hmm. and follow me. And that's when I, I get my eyes off of Him. I ain't fixed my eyes on Him. I get fixed on that image or that 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 painted picture that Satan throws out there, and starts looking at it. There's that enticement, that temptation, and then, like you say, when it's developed, that lust, and when it, it, Satan keeps working on that, you know, he gets that foothold, like we talked about. Mm-hmm. Yep. Drag us on in. Yeah, I've noticed. Uh, yeah, I don't watch a lot of network TV unless it's sports. You know, I, I do a lot of streaming, and so because I watch uh, primarily NFL football, I get a lot of commercials. You know, during that time and. But I've just noticed, even in the, I don't see as much commercials or as much regular TV. I can kind of pick and choose what I want to watch um, through streaming. But I still find that 
how easily you become conditioned. Because I remember some of the commercials I saw probably two years ago that I'm like, oh my gosh, I can't believe they're doing a commercial on this. I can't believe that they're talking about this on the air, let alone doing a commercial. I watch the same commercial today. It's like, oh, that's that commercial. It's just, it's like, if you see it enough, there's something in you that starts to believe there's some normalcy to it. Like it's something that's normal, right? And and that's the enemy's ploy. If I can keep throwing it out there, the shock factor goes away and all this, and then all of a sudden it just becomes accepted in society as norm. Right. Right. It's a big, honestly, it's a big mass brainwashing. If you look at most people's story when they're get, by the time they get deep into sin, that's that's what ends up happening. You're, they're deep into sin. They're like, oh, but back when it started, you find it's just the small things that just yeah. trickled and trickled and became a flood. Yeah, it does. I'm yeah. sure a lot of people agree with this. Nothing but ego or the spirit, one or the other. Yeah, you can either, yeah, it, it, exactly. Pride is biggest before the fall. It is, it is. Yeah. Well, Destruction. Jim, you're up with the next clip. <laughs> this clip uh, was a long time in coming. Mm-hmm. I started early last week and got it at 4 o'clock this morning. But it is from Officer and a Gentleman, and this is Mayo is really a self-centered jerk in the movie. Uh through this point, and he has uh, basically been caught selling brass that's polished and shoes that are shined to his classmates, and that was a no-no. And Sergeant is trying to get him to quit, basically to give him his DOR. You'll hear that referred to as a drop-on request. And because he won't quit, we're going to go through this. But he kept keeps pointing out how he is, his character stinks and there are problems with him. And we'll listen to the clip and chat about it more at the end. Here we go. Ma'am, I want to DOR. No, sir. You kick me out of here, but I ain't quitting. Get into your fatigues, ma'am. By the end of this weekend, you'll quit. Wave goodbye to your buddies, Mayo. Oh, I forgot you don't have any buddies. Only customers. You having fun, mayonnaise? Yourself! Don't hear you! Yourself! All right! 98. 99. Uh, get your face all the way down in there. 100. You ready to quit now, Mayo? Look over there, Mayo. Look over there. Look at her. She decided to stay instead of taking liberty on this weekend. She may not make it through the program, but she got more heart and more character than you'll ever have. And stop eyeballing me, boy. I've done some checking. I looked through your files. I know about your mama. You don't eyeball me. Well, your father's an alcoholic and a whole chaser. That's why you don't mesh, Mayo. Because deep down inside... Don't you eyeball me. Deep down inside. You know that all these other boys and girls are better than you are. Isn't that right, Mayo? Huh? Isn't that right? Now, why would a slick little hustler like you want to sign up for this kind of abuse anyway? I want to fly jets, sir. My grandmama wants to fly jets. I want it since I was a kid. We're not talking about flying here. We're talking about character. 
I've changed. I've changed since I've been here. I've changed, sir. You just polished up your ass a little bit. You just shined it up. All, all the things that were said to Mayo in there are things I've heard from the enemy. Uh, four or five, maybe six years ago, my word for the year was integrity. And that was my biggest struggle word. That's the one I got hit with the most often. And uh, we were, we're sort of alike in some of the things we did. I've always been a people pleaser. I'd tell you what I thought you wanted to hear. And it would probably be factually accurate, but it wouldn't be the truth. You know, Carolyn asked me, how late were you up last night? And I said, well, sometime after 1 a.m. Well, it was 6 a.m., but it, it was, was after counting. 1. Right, yeah. it is after 1. It was factually accurate, but not true. And I was a master of that. And my name is James, which is the Greek for Yaakov. We'll get into some Hebrew for Robbie since he's not here. And Jacob is a deceiver, and supplanter is another name. So taking the place of someone else. And I struggled with my honesty a lot when I was younger. And also, you know, I'd, I'd take things as long as nobody was going to get hurt. And I'm hoping nobody's hurt. I was telling I, I got a Billy Graham at the Cove pit. I hope they gave it to me and probably did. But those sort of things... You might be on their wall there. Do not I give might. this guy a pin. Yeah, I saw it on the Facebook page. This ain't one pin. But that that clip was, you don't have the character to be used by God. Mm-hmm. And that's an obvious lie. Mm-hmm. I mean, Abraham lied about Sarah. Mm-hmm. Jacob, I mean, that was his name too, Yaakov. Yeah. So, but those are those are the places the enemy gets me because I agree with it. And mm-hmm. that's that's the real trick. And something I didn't get till this afternoon, Carolyn was listening to Jonathan Kahn, and I was sort of listening, and I was getting ready to leave. And there was a subtext to this that I didn't really pick up on until then. What Kahn was saying in this was, you're one of two things. You're a warrior or you're a slave. And the, the context of this clip was he is being trained to be a naval pilot. This is sort of the next stage of boot camp, and they're trying to drive him out because of his lack of character. And ultimately, he comes through and shows he has character. Mm-hmm. But uh, that is available to each of us. We can overcome our infirmities and become the men that God created us to be. Absolutely. I, I hear that speaker con's pretty good, but I hear his wrath is even worse. <laughs> that, that's a Robbie joke. That's yes. Robbie's out here. Oh, yeah. And, and I, lo- I love that movie. One of my favorites. <laughs> yeah, Star Trek joke there for Robbie. Go to masculinejourney.org to register for the upcoming boot camp. It's uh, April 4th through 7th. That is an advanced camp. And in order to go to that, you had to be to a basic boot camp. So if you haven't been to that, there's still time to go to the entrenchment February 23rd and 24th. Go to masculinejourney.org to register. We'll talk with you next week, and I hope that you love somebody well this week and listen to the voice of God and not the voice of the enemy. We'll talk with you next week. This is the Truth Network.